And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. My name is Pat Williams, hosting my friend Ford Taylor. Ford, good to see your smiling face again. PW, it's good to see yours, and it's always good to see your smiling face. So thank you for sharing that smile with so many people. Here we are in the iHeartMedia studios, uh, our gracious host. Uh, it feels pretty official sitting in a studio like this, but the podcast is officially underway. Yeah, it's a little different than being on the phone and not looking at each other and our guests being in a third place. So this is really exciting. We're so thankful that they've they've offered the studio and to really partner in a way that we've probably never thought might be possible, especially this soon. So we're thankful for them. Ford, we've got a very important subject today and probably one that's so misinterpreted, so misunderstood. There's so much information out there about communication. Uh, but today, I think we're going to really dial in on how we communicate. Uh, and I think, boy, if if our listeners are not driving and have a chance to take some notes, today would really be the day that I would jot some things down because our goal is to give them tools, practical and implementable tools that they can listen to right now and use immediately after we present that's it. And, and, and like we shared before, as long as people are getting value and we're helping people by giving them practical and implementable things, tools that they can go make a part of their lives, we're going to keep doing this. And uh, if not, then, you know, we're just, we don't want to be in just another motivational speaker podcast. That's not what we're after. So how we communicate your personal experiences, uh, unfortunately, You've had to trip over hurdles, step in potholes, uh, run off the road. Uh, your, your, really, your personal experience with communication has shaped this specific piece of information. Yeah, th- this next little thing we're going to talk about, I, you know, I blew it so bad. Uh, as we've shared before, one of, the, one of the things I get quite a bit is thank you for making so many mistakes in your life so you can come show us these things. So. Uh, I've made a bunch, and, and my hope is using those. But yeah, this, this this whole section here is shaped around a lot of mistakes that I made. Now it's good research; it's out there. It's uh, but it's still it's in, it's in the training because of the mistakes I've made to help other people not make them. Ford, I'm going to ask our listeners to really visualize a pie chart and um, visualize a pie chart with three colors, and I'm going to let you kind of break down uh, those pieces of pie. And I got to tell you. I was completely wrong when I sat down in the first training, 2015 January, with you because we had to guess what these pieces were before you told us, and I didn't have any of them right. Right. Well, and again, some people uh, have heard this before, and others have never heard it, and when they hear it for the first time, it is pretty much a, a shock to most people. And, and and what it means is what this research shows is that we can uh, when we communicate outwardly. Almost all of our communication is based on three major categories. One of those is body language, one is tone of voice, and one is our actual words. And as you say, we ask people to look at this pie chart, go to the table, what do you think it is? And they come back and they all kind of guess. The amazing part for me when I learned this was to find out that 55% of everything I communicate was through my body language. And 38% was through my tone tone of voice which means only 7% was through my actual words. 
And then I started saying, wow, well, that's some really good data. Great. Somebody told me that that's data. Well, how do you turn that data into information? Well, what I realized over time is that if you're 55% and you're 38%, which is 93% of everything you communicate is not lined up with your 7% words, that you have somewhere between very, very little and zero credibility. An example, if you're yelling at your children that it's inappropriate to yell at their mom, you have no credibility. Uh, if you're arguing with your wife while you tell your children they shouldn't argue with their friends, you have no credibility because your body language and your tone is not lining up with your actual words. And so don't, so take that beyond family and think about at work. If you're saying at work, I want a culture that, that builds trust, it builds cohesiveness, and then you're yelling in anger at an employee, you have no credibility because no one believes that you really want a culture that builds trust and cohesiveness. Ford, as, as we dial into these three specific areas, um, the largest percentage is body language. And um, good news, bad news, I went through TL first, uh, which is good news, unfortunately. And I say that all pun intended, all of my family has <laughs> went through transformational leadership. So when I'm communicating, Nancy just says body language. She doesn't, she doesn't need to really say anything else. And it's a really a great reminder. And uh, this has been great for us as a couple, uh, but also I want to get better at it. So body language, I mean, let's dive into that and maybe a couple tools re regarding body language that you can share with us. Right. PW, thanks for sharing that because the one thing we get told regularly is thank you for the playbook. Thank you for the tools. It gives us a common language. And isn't it fun not to get criticized, but that you both know what the body language means? It's, you know, now she's not saying, you know, quit looking like you're angry at me. You know, why are you doing that? I mean, it's just body language. It's not your heart. She's not mad at you. It's just your body language. I'll never forget the time my wife looked at me and she said, honey, do everybody a favor and never be doing a text or an email on your phone in public. And I said, okay, why? She goes, because you look mad at your phone because you can't see. And so you're squinting at your phone because you, your eyesight's not as good as it used to be. And so when everybody looks at you from the outside, I went, wow, thank you. Because if I'm telling people don't be angry, yet I look angry when I'm doing my email because I just can't see my phone, it's still not sending the right signal. So thanks for sharing that. And isn't it fun to be in a relationship that they can tell us that stuff? Yeah, I think it's awesome. And so I, I'm going to tell you one of the stories that will help us lead into a couple of tools that really was life-changing for me around this subject. And, you know, years ago, I sold a piece of my company to a venture capitalist company. And as we did that, uh, we, we accumulated some companies and we had each of us remain president and CEO of our own companies. Well, as we did that, the chairman of the board was like, man, we really need someone that knows the industry to kind of take this group forward. And uh, one day, uh, one of the guys that was running their own company, he came to me and we, we made up the board of directors. And he came to me and he said, Ford, can I share something with you? And I said, yeah. And he said, I have two pieces of feedback. And, he's, and I said, I'm open to it. And he said, the first one, I was very young at the time and everybody on the board was significantly older than me. And, and he said, number one, 
Everybody in the world won't do it exactly like you do, but the job will still get done. And it took me a while to process that one. And I said, well, thank you for sharing that. And I said, what's the second one? He said, well, we've all had a board meeting without you, and we all know that we all need a boss. We need a CEO to lead us. And we've all talked about that you're the right guy. You know, your company continues to grow. It continues to be more profitable. Ours are kind of up and down. He said, but we've all just said we can't work for you. And I said, okay, why not? He said, because in every board meeting, when we say something that you think stupid, and he showed me, if, if you can imagine the radio, me turning my head and rolling my eyes, and so he said, you'll roll your eyes and you'll go with your lips. You'll cross your arms in disgust. And I looked at him and I said, I do that. And he said, we've never seen you do that with your employees, with, with your cohort. We've never, we only see it with us. And I wept. I mean, I cried. And he said, what's up? I said, I had no idea I was doing that. So about six months later, we were in a board meeting and the chairman's sitting in his seat and all the presidents are in our seats. And about an hour into it, the chairman says, can we take a break? And we all said, sure. And uh, he said, Ford, will you come with me? And I, and I said, sure. And we, we went into a private office and he said, are you feeling okay today? I said, man, I'm feeling better today than I've ever felt. Why do you ask? He said, I make 95% of my decisions based on your facial expression and body language. <laughs> and he said, today, you're not telling me anything. And I said, Randy, I, I know the damage I've done with that, and you'll never hear from me that way again. If you want to know something from me, you'll have to ask. Well, just a few months after that, they all came to me and asked me, would you be the CEO of the company? And then I found myself now growing a company that became the largest in the industry. Now, that whole time, I always blamed all those other guys because their companies were going up and down while my one kept going up when the whole time I was the constraint. And it was something as simple as my facial expressions and my body language. And so what do I tell people to do in this case? Uh, one of the things you can do is, like when you're on the phone, you could set a mirror in front of you and you can look at what does your face look like when you're talking to people because that's probably what you sound like. Now, now we're doing a lot of things on Zoom and FaceTime because we can't be face-to-face. -face. It's even more important now because we only get a part of it. Uh, you can shake your head like you're doing with me right now, PW, being encouraging to people. In other words, you, you, you shake your head up and down. Your body language is saying, I'm engaged. Um, now, we're going to talk in a few minutes about communication as listening. Right now, we're talking about going out. And so if you can get your facial expression, smile more. You have almost the same smiling muscles as you do frowning muscles. So if you practice and you work out your smiling muscles, you will smile more and you will frown less. Just like going to the gym and working out weights. Well, if you frown all the time, those are the strongest muscles. And they're almost equal in our face. They're almost the same amount. And so there's things you can actually do to change what your face looks like. Uh, you, you can learn not to, if you're in a room uh, at a meeting and you're leaned back with your arms crossed, that sends a signal that you're not interested. Now, it could be that you're cold, and, and so you need to cross your arms because they're cold. However, if you're doing that, just know that you may be sending a signal to the room unintentionally, I'm not interested, not interested in what people are saying. If you, if you have an angry tone in your voice, you're not going to get listened to as much as if you have a soft tone in your voice. 
And so it's a matter of getting the body language and the tone lined up. If you're angry and you want everybody around you to be angry, it's okay because you've got credibility. You know, you're actually doing and saying and body language is lined up. So you can have credibility even in areas that you might wish you didn't have credibility. So this is a big one, you know, for leaders as parents, as bosses, as coaches. Um, you know, I coached a lot of uh, sports with my girls growing up. And I always loved to coach against other teams, especially against girls, because most coaches did not understand how their body language and tone of voice impacted those little girls all the way up through young women. They didn't have a clue. So I always loved coaching against those coaches because we could take teams that didn't have near the talent and, and literally destroy the other teams because they would get the other teams would get so down based on the way the coaches treated them uh, compared to the way our girls were treated. So it, it, it works in every sphere. So we're still on the same pie chart, 55% for body language, 38% for tone of voice. I know you've touched on that a little bit, Ford, but to really be intentional about your tone, um, share your strategy, your personal strategy around if someone needs to be encouraged, obviously the tone is, is almost immaterial because some guy might be a chest bumper where you'll talk louder and hug them. But I think when we're, when we're teaching, training, or equipping, or maybe disciplining somebody, that tone is so, so important. Right. And, and one day on the podcast, we'll talk about the actual discipline model and how to make that work. Well, it, the, that model only works if your tone clearly says, I'm here for you. Now, we give them the choice on perform, have good relationships, or work somewhere else. A child perform, had good relationships, or here's the discipline. So we give them the choice, but if we're doing that in anger, it feels more like punishment than it does listening. I mean, than it does discipline. Now, if, if we're saying things to people like, love you, well, all of a sudden, do they really believe I love you? You know, if we're saying, uh, I want to affirm you for doing such a good job, do you, well, number one, you didn't do an affirmation because you said, I want to, but your tone did not feel very affirming at all. Honey, you're absolutely beautiful. Did you know that? I mean, they're, they're not going to believe you. So one way to deal with this is to turn your recorder on when you're on the phone. Just turn it on when you're sitting around having a conversation. Turn it on in a meeting. You might let everybody know you're turning it on because you're not recording the meeting. You're wanting to record your tone. And so that's a way to figure this out. Uh, do a video and go back and watch it. Uh, most of us do not like to watch ourselves, including me. But we don't like to hear ourselves. I get that because we sound nothing like what we think we sound, most of us, until we watch back and realize. But, but again, just like your body language, facial expression, you can practice to make it look different, you can also change your tone through practice to make yourself sound in a way that's encouraging, loving, uh, influential, and transforming. I think the key word there is you can get better at that. Like tone is fixable immediately. And I've had the pleasure and the blessing of being around people that are subject matter experts. Um, Dave Burba, who I grew up with, professional pitcher for 15 years. I mean, in year seven and eight, when in the off season, when people were golfing and 
vacationing. I mean, the guy's working out. I remember being at his home in Arizona, and he said, walk down to the park with me. I got to do some drills. So he's a pro getting paid pro money, but still honing his craft. Mm -hmm. My sister, who teaches theater at Temple, she knows every Shakespearean play by heart, and she's done them over and over, but still reads the scripts, practices, just looking to get a little bit better. So if you want to get better at your tone and your body language, you can do it. You just have to practice that. That's right. And and on one of our podcasts, we talked about anger. You know, and we talked about you have to change your thinking not to be angry. And we talked about fear, frustration, and pain. Well, if you're angry and you're in a meeting, guess what? Number one, you, you become stupid. And your tone now is completely shifting the culture in the room into a whole different place. So, yeah, practice, practice, practice. Just like any sport, uh, any uh, anything at all, practice, practice, practice. So, Ford, we're, uh, we're wrapping up on our pie chart here on how we communicate. Uh, we talked about body language, 55%. Talked about tone of voice at 38. And, you know, the one that everybody at my table missed, because we're proud of our words. We're proud of our uh, vernaculars. Mm -hmm. But in the communication world, in the communication, um, uh, as we talk about in this pie chart, it's the least important, but hold on. We have to talk about the words we use. Yeah. The words become so significantly important when you have influence. So when your body language and tone line up, now your words are far more significant than they ever were before. So in, the, in other words, if you want to look really smart, you can use really big words. The good news for me, I don't know those big words. And so I don't have to worry about being careful not to use them. But if you want to make yourself look smart, you can intentionally use words that you know that most of the room, they don't know. Well, what you're saying is, I want to look smart. So with your words, you're saying that. Well, my guess is if you're saying that, you're also showing it on your face and your body language, uh, an area of arrogance. And as we've shared before, you showed me the most arrogant, prideful person in the room, and I'll show you the most insecure. And so, yeah, our words become very important. Uh, how we say them is even more important, as we've just found out. But when you have credibility, your words are so significant. When you don't have credibility, they're not super significant anyway. Lord, I want to wrap with this. Um, first, I want to ask you about the word edification uh, and, and share your, your beliefs and thoughts around edification. And then uh, I have a closing thought around some coaching tactics that I want to get your opinion on. So first, let's start with the word edification as far as the words that we use. Okay. Well, so the way I like to use the word is I think there's a word that, that completely gives what I call perfect balance. And none of us are perfect balance anywhere. But the perfect balance in edification is being able to affirm someone in a way that it makes them feel good. And an affirmation is, has to be true. It has to be about the other person not about you, because that's flattery. It has to be done in a way that it's not just to get something out of them, but it's to, it's actually to encourage them and they perform at a higher level. But the other side of edification is also correction. Okay, and, and correction is equally important as affirmation. The, the problem with correction is most people believe that it's there's something wrong with it, that it's a negative. When in reality, correction, which is what we call discipline, is probably equally important, if not more so, than affirmation. 
And so when you really think about that word, it's a balance between affirmation and correction. And when you correct people with the right tone and the right body language, man, they walk out of the room going, I just got the biggest black eye, but boy, that felt good. For a great podcast today. I mean, how we communicate could really, you talk about things that could change somebody's life immediately. Someone could listen to this podcast, call their wife, call their boss, you know, call a coworker, call a family member and tell them what they learned today. And actually be fun to do this with other people that we uh, spend time with and we love. A hundred percent. You know, you heard me say this over and over again. Don't try to do this playbook on your own. All of us need each other. We need help. So what a great uh, idea to go tell your spouse, go tell your friends, hey, I'm working on my body language and my tone. I'm working on my facial expression. Will you help me? Will you tell me when I don't look like what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. It's all not only coach, but get coached. So uh, as we like to say, um, man, it's been a great uh, session, podcast, moment. Uh, but Ford, um, as we like to say, brother, let's get lit. Let's get lit. Let's remember. Let's love. Let's care about others more than we do ourselves or more than we care about how they care about us. In that place, let's grow our influence because influence and leadership are the same. That's how you get leadership. In that place, let's be transformed so we can transform and help others be transformed. So let's love, influence, and transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.